Natural MD Radio, your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now. I'm Dr. Aviva Ram. Welcome back to Natural MD Radio. This is Aviva Ram, and this week I am bringing you the start of an exciting new feature. In Natural MD Radio, I'm going to bring you episodes specifically about my favorite herbal medicines, and we're going to call this feature the Natural MD Library. What you may or may not know about me, if you don't, I have been an herbalist for 35 years. I started studying herbal medicine when I was 15 years old and have a bit of a reputation for it internationally in a good way. I'm not notorious, but I am well known, probably one of the leading herbalists in the world, in fact, in Western herbal medicine for women and children's herbal health care or botanical medicine. And I'm known for my women's herbal textbook, Botanical Medicines for Women, which won the James Duke Award from the American Botanical Council. I am the medical director for the American Herbal Pharmacopeia. For about a decade, I was the president of the American Herbalists Guild. And as you know, herbs are really one of my first go-tos therapeutically in my clinical practice when I teach and certainly for my home and loved ones. I use herbal medicine as an extension of food. My order of therapies is usually something like anything I can do mind-body to start, anything I can do with food, and then herbs. And while certainly pharmaceuticals have an important role in our lives when needed, botanical medicines really should be our first medicine beyond food when we can. They are environmentally, ecologically friendly, but they're also much friendlier on our body. They're not just sort of one-hit wonders where you have one biochemical compound that attacks one system or one bug. Really, they're much more complex, beautiful structures that grow often in our own backyards, but have powerful medicinal impact. And one of the real beauties of botanicals in my perspective is that plants have evolved along with us. We have a co-evolution with the plant world since our time on earth. And so the biochemical structures of plants and our biochemistry have really beautiful, complex, unique interactions. And what I'd like to do today for this first step into this, although you do already have access to my adaptogens podcast, my adaptogens episode of Natural MD Radio, where I focus on herbs that are specific for the stress response in the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So what is commonly called adrenal fatigue or what I call adrenal overdrive and adrenal depletion. And you can find that now I'm um, starting today. I'm actually going to give you an episode once a month that's just focused on botanicals. Because the digestive system is so central to our health, and I've already done the adaptogens, which to me are some of the core herbs for 21st century living, I want to focus today on digestion. And there are many categories of herbs for the digestive system. So I'm going to bring you many different episodes on herbs that support digestion. But today I want to talk about the bitters because they're so powerful and so interesting, and their taste is so interesting. In fact, 
If I were to ask you what your favorite flavor is, my guess is that it wouldn't be bitter. In fact, I have never, ever heard somebody say their favorite flavor is bitter. Most of us are accustomed to the soothing taste of something sweet. We start out with something sweet when we're born, right? Breast milk or even formula, if we're getting fed from a bottle, is still sweet. And we're very pleasured by the satisfying taste of something salty, and we love the piquant effects of spice. In fact, the bitter taste is largely absent, entirely almost, from the average American's diet, with the exception of one common bitter, which is coffee. And many of us love it not only because of its bitter edge, but because of how it stimulates our digestion. With or after a meal, you can feel coffee, whether you have a cafe or an espresso, getting your digestive juices fired up. And caffeine, as I jokingly say, gives us more than one kind of get up and go. Its effects on elimination are definitely not lost on those who rely on it to go to the bathroom. Unfortunately, too often coffee is simply used as a carrier for some form of sweetener, making it less healthy than it could be otherwise in moderation. The bitter taste is one that has gradually seeped out of our diets since our early ancestry. Our ancestors obtained bitter in the diet in the form of wild foraged greens plants which were rich in bitter principles, many of them plant constituents called alkaloids and lignans that in extreme might have signaled the presence of poison if present in excess. Therefore, due to our own protective evolutionary biology, bitter is a taste that gets our full attention when it crosses our palate and naturally creates a strong reaction because from this evolutionary biology perspective, Perspective, we are primed to recognize it as a potential toxin. Now, there are plenty of toxins in nature that are completely tasteless, and not everything that's bitter contains poisons, but it's an important evolutionary association that makes us think twice or catches our attention very acutely when that taste crosses our tongue. That bitter taste also, even in small amounts, triggers an awesome array of physiologic responses. As my colleague and friend, herbal formulator David Bunting at Herb Farm says, bitter plants may in fact be the ultimate paleo food. They're ancient plant chemicals that trigger important biological responses while reminding us on some deep level of our innate primeval heritage. Unfortunately, as we became more agrarian, started planting gardens and foraging less, our natural aversions to bitterness and our predilection for the sweet taste led to a greater emphasis on naturally sweet-tasting carbohydrates, primarily in the form of carbohydrate-rich grains, as well as tubers, which are sweet because they contain complex carbohydrates, which are complex sugar molecules. But harnessed in the form of herbal medicines and bitter greens, we can bring the bitter principle in plants back into our daily or at least regular diets. These bitter principles in plants provide us with numerous health benefits that emanate 
from their action on the nervous and digestive systems. The bitter principles affect networks of nerves that alert your body to their presence, starting in your tongue, and trigger the increased production and release of stomach acids that continue the process of digestion that began in your mouth with stimulation of saliva from that bitter taste. When you get increased secretion of gastric acid, particularly in the form of HCL, which denatures proteins and triggers the gut immune system to destroy bacteria, virus, and other pathogens that you might be ingesting, you actually prevent a condition called SIBO, or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, because that bacteria and other organisms are killed before they can land in your duodenum or small intestine. And you also get improved breakdown of your food particles so that you are less likely to have larger protein molecules that end up in your intestine. And if you have a little bit of leaky gut or a lot of leaky gut, you are less likely to be triggered by these large protein molecules crossing over into the immunologic areas of your gut and even into your circulatory system where they can cause enormous inflammation and lead to allergies, autoimmune conditions, numerous different skin reactions, and even depression and anxiety when that inflammatory cascade crosses into your blood-brain barrier and triggers what's called brain inflammation. So really powerful impact from these bitters in your diet and in our herbs. Digestive bitters also stimulate peristalsis, the natural wave-like motion of your digestive system that stimulates the motility of food along your digestive passages. And it's also at the same time increasing the production and release of digestive enzymes, mobilizing your gallbladder to release bile and enzymes, all of which further the process of digestion of carbohydrates and fats, and even triglycerides as they move along through your intestine. Stimulation of the pancreas also leads to the release of hormones that help to balance blood sugar and pancreatic juices that contain dozens of enzymes that continue that process of breaking down proteins, starches, and fats. Among the many actions of bitters, just to summarize this, they stimulate appetite, stimulate the release of digestive juices, including saliva, stomach acid, and enzymes in the pancreas, duodenum, and also in your liver. Bitters aid the liver in detoxification, in their natural detoxification processes, so you're also helping to break down and detoxify exposures that you're getting from the environment, but also exposures that you're getting from the natural breakdown of your food and your own hormones. They help to regulate blood sugar, insulin, and glucagon, all very, very important in blood sugar regulation overall. And they even help the gut wall repair damage. But the tonic effects of digestive bitters go even beyond specific digestive benefits. Digestion and assimilation of food is basic to your health, it's basic to your ability to absorb nutrients. But what we also know is that because of the gut-brain connection, 
not only can bitters enhance your digestion, but they can reduce depression, reduce inflammation by the effects of their impact on the digestive system, and improve your mood. Also, in the improvement of the liver's natural detoxification processes, not only are you improving digestion and elimination and detoxification and improving things like your skin health, but when you're detoxifying excess environmental and endogenous or internally produced hormones, that can further help to improve your mood. While digestive bitters have an important impact when you actually taste the bitters because they stimulate a number of receptors on the tongue that directly stimulate salivary production and digestion that begins in your mouth, the good news is that if you just cannot tolerate the taste of bitters, which is an acquired taste, so I wouldn't eliminate it or like take it off the table, so to speak, just because you don't like the taste right off. It's definitely an acquired taste that you can get used to. But if it's just too foreign to you or too unpleasant to you, the good news is that even if you bypass the taste receptors in your mouth, you actually have bitter taste receptors. So the receptors for these same chemical molecules in your stomach in your pancreatic duct, in your small intestine, in your liver, and your gallbladder. So you can still get a tremendous number of benefits, even if you take them in pill or capsule form. However, if you can take them in your diet, and if you can get them in the form of particularly liquid extract bitters, you're really getting the sort of optimized experience. You're getting the optimized taste experience. You're also optimizing your evolutionary benefits. So like my friend David said, you're kind of getting that primitive trigger that you would have gotten evolutionarily. And what we're learning about the gut-brain connection is so new that it wouldn't surprise me in 10 years or less that we have this enormous base of knowledge that we find out that some of these tastes that we need enhance and support our development cognitively, immunologically, hormonally, in ways that we don't even realize now. So optimally, get them through your diet. And I personally consider herbs an extension of the diet. So there are foods that come from plants. There are herbs and spices that we think of really more as food, right? You don't think of oregano or garlic or onions so much as an herb. You think of them as part of your food. And then when you kind of go along the continuum, you start to think, I start to think of herbal medicines as foods 2.0. They're kind of a more complex chemical structures that have more of a medicinal impact than we think of just eating broccoli, for example. Although I would not underrate the health benefits of our foods directly. And as I said, foods are always the first medicine I go to. So how can you get bitters into your life to boost your digestion, improve your mood, improve your health? There are two main ways. One is getting leafy greens, and the other is using herbal bitters medicinally. So leafy greens, particularly dandelion greens, endive, arugula, kale, and collards. And also, if you're doing something like making green juice, include the pithy part, that white part between the fruity part and the peel of your citrus. Put that in the juicer with the lemon or the lime. Don't discard that with the peel. Actually, get that pith out and put it in. 
a number of sour foods while I'm on it. For example, apple cider vinegar, lacto-fermented vegetables, and citrus juice, particularly from limes and lemons, also enhance many of the same actions as bitters in your digestive system. And sour cuts the intensity of the bitter taste. So you're still getting the bitter taste. You're still getting those bitter chemicals interacting with the receptors on your tongue and doing their work to trigger your brain and trigger your digestive system. But it cuts the harshness of that bitter taste and makes it much more palatable. So for example, some lemon on your dandelion greens or lime vinaigrette on your endive and arugula salad can give you even greater digestive benefit when you're eating your greens. I recommend getting at least one, ideally two portions of bitter leafy greens every day. And I consider a portion about two cups, either raw or cooked. And you can do your kale or collards raw or cooked. If you have Hashimoto's or hypothyroidism, I recommend getting those cooked. And then your endive, dandelion greens, and arugula, you can eat raw or cooked. I prefer my dandelion greens cooked. I love them sauteed in a little bit of butter, ghee, or olive oil with garlic, and then a squeeze of lemon. To me, there's nothing better than that. Over at my website, www.avivaram.com, I've got some amazing dandelion green recipes. In fact, my daughter's boyfriend made one of the recipes recently, and Eric said he was just amazed at how delicious the dandelion greens with tomatoes is. Also, at the end of this podcast, you'll find a link or you can just go to avivaram.com backslash digestive bitters, avivaram.com backslash digestive bitters, or avivaram.com backslash 036. And you can download not only a recipe for digestive bitters, but also a recipe for my lime vinaigrette and arugula salad. So those are little freebies for you. And totally try them, have fun with them. And how do you use herbal bitters? Well, there are a number of herbal bitters. The most common ones are dandelion leaf, gentian, burdock root, motherwort, chamomile, and artichoke leaf. If you look at herbal products at Whole Foods, at your local co-op or your local shop that sells good quality herbal products, and you look on herbal bitters blends, These are the most common ones that you're going to see. Now, the dose varies according to the herb and to the herbal blend. So I recommend following the instructions on the product you are purchasing. Because herbal bitters are considered energetically cold in nature, and that's a designation you'll find in Western herbal medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, and Ayurvedic medicine, What is commonly used along with them to counterbalance them are what are considered warming herbs. Cinnamon, ginger, fennel, and cardamom are just a few examples. When you take something that's very cold, even though it can enhance your digestion, it speeds up your digestion a little bit, gets your digestion moving, it can cause a little bit of griping or discomfort in your digestive system. And if you're someone who's tending more toward bloating or gas, sometimes that cold nature can aggravate that tendency. Using these warming herbs, like the ones I mentioned, completely counterbalances that and you don't have to worry about it. And these herbs are particularly beneficial also for gastric motility 
and for gas and bloating. They're also really wonderful if you have bacterial overgrowth. Many of these contain gentle, natural, essential oils that help normalize the overgrowth of intestinal bacterial and yeast overgrowth. So you get really incredible benefits all the way around. Also, the cinnamon, ginger, fennel, fennel, cardamom, herbs like that have a wonderful taste. So again, you're getting a little bit of balance from that bitter taste to these lovely warming herbs. My personal favorite way to use bitter herbs is either as an aperitif which is classically a bitter herbs cocktail taken before a meal, or a digestif, which is a bitter herbs cocktail taken after a meal. Now, I don't use them in the classic alcohol-based aperitif or digestif. What I do is take a half a glass of sparkling water. I add one or two squirts, you know, one or two droppers full of the digestive bitter blend that I'm using in the water, and then I just sip that about 15 minutes before a meal. That's how I recommend my patients do it. Or if you prefer it after a meal, sip it after a meal. If you find that you're someone who has a hard time getting your digestive juices going, you get full very fast when you start eating, you tend to get a little nauseated from food, you get a little nauseated from fats, then having it before the meal is wonderful. If you find yourself having some indigestion after your meal, then after your meal is wonderful. But you can't go wrong either way. There are a number of contraindications to using the bitters. Now, if you're eating them as food in the greens that I mentioned, totally fine. But taking the bitters medicinally, I don't recommend them when you're pregnant, other than in the normal food amounts. If you have kidney stones, gallbladder disease, or gastritis or a peptic ulcer. Now, interestingly, if you have low stomach acid, that can actually cause reflux. So even though it may sound counterintuitive to take something that increases your stomach acid, if you do have actual reflux, taking these herbs can actually tone your lower esophageal sphincter and reduce the reflux. But if you have reflux, you're taking a reflux medication, then go ahead and talk with whoever's prescribing that for you or your primary care provider before you start them. But in my practice, I do actually use them with my patients who have reflux. And I say, you know, start low and go slow with anything. That's always good advice. So again, I hope this has been informative for you. If you want to take it a step further, you can go over to avivaram.com backslash digestive herbs or avivaram.com backslash 036. It's two different addresses that'll get you to the same place where you can download some of my favorite herbal bitters, a bitters digestive recipe that you can make at home, as well as my lime vinaigrette and arugula salad recipe. And if you think this has been helpful for you, you've enjoyed listening or think other people might benefit, please leave a comment in the comment section because iTunes loves that and it means that they will let other folks know so that they can get the healing benefits of herbs. I hope you've enjoyed this. And one of my favorite phrases these days is enjoy treating yourself. You get to treat yourself to something wonderful and you also get to take back your health with wonderful herbs, starting with the digestive bitters. And again, if you want to learn more about adaptogens, head on over to that podcast episode of Natural MD Radio to learn to support your adrenals. Thanks for listening and have a great day. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivaram.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.